Hallelujah. Church, I really encourage you to be in a state of hunger, worship. Whenever you come to church and the worship team is leading in worship, worship with all your heart. Don't just stand there and just look around. Because, you know, certain conditions necessary to be met in our hearts when we also want from God. And one is wholeheartedness in worship, wholeheartedness in prayer. Amen. So whenever we have time of prayer during the revival meetings, pray with all your heart. When we're worshiping, worship with all your heart. Okay? And that's how you will experience God more. Romans chapter 3 verse 27. Today I'm going to talk about the law of faith. I believe this is really a message that all of us need today. Wherever you are in your journey with God. And many that I sense in my heart are going through difficult times. Maybe you're going through times of um, insecurity, times where you are not sure about your future. Where you're going through times where you are struggling in your emotions, you're feeling dry in your walk with the Lord. This is a message for you. Romans 3 verse 27. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? No, by the law of faith. A very interesting statement. The law of of faith. The Bible says faith is a law. And if you don't understand it and learn to operate it, you will get frustrated in your walk with God. Now what is a law? In legal terms, when it involves governments, rules are regulations that govern our behavior. We have laws in society protected by the constitution. Those laws are binding. Those laws are absolute. Those laws are predictable and they work in every nook and corner of this country. And they govern the behavior of men. And they're protected by the government. That means if you will obey the law, you will always have the right outcome all the time. If you go by the law of God, the law will protect you. The government will protect you. Even in science, there are laws. The law of gravity. There's Newton's laws of motion. There's the law of thrust and lift in aerodynamics. So the law of gravity says that no matter where you are, whether you are fat or thin, old or young, whether you are in Kohima or in Africa or in Antarctica, if you jump from the rooftop, you're going to hit the floor very hard. Right? That's the law of gravity. It is phenomena that will always happen. It's predictable. If you're not convinced with what I'm saying, just go home and try. <laughs> it is predictable. It will always happen because laws are always true and right. Amen? And the characteristics of laws are that it doesn't respect people's age, people's education, your wealth, your background, it works the same for everyone. Whether you're in the village or whether you're in the city, it works the same for everyone. They work all the time. Can you say all the time? So the physical laws of, cre of, of creation have been there from the beginning. When God created the heavens and the earth, the law of gravity was already there. Even though it was discovered much later on, 
the law was always operating. Did you know that in the Garden of Eden, electricity was already there? It was just discovered a few hundred years back, but it was already there all these years. Amen. Even so, spiritual laws. Do you know that even before the physical world was created, the spiritual world already existed? Because God is spirit, and before he created anything, God was, or let's say God is, he was always existing. That means the spiritual world was already existing, which means what? Spiritual laws come before physical laws. Pay attention. Amen. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There are certain laws that govern the spiritual realm. And there are laws that govern the natural realm. You must understand that. And if you will learn to apply them, work them, it will work for you all the time. Hallelujah. There are two laws mentioned here. The law of works and the law of faith. In the context of what Paul is writing here, it's referring to salvation, it's referring to justification by faith, by righteousness. The law of works suggests this, that if you will be perfect, if you have all perfect works, if you have no sin, no imperfection at all, by your self-righteousness, you can become justified before God. That's what the law of works says. The only problem with this law is this. Man is born in sin. Every man is a sinner. And no matter how much you try to work this law, it will never work because man is born a sinner. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So this work, this law of work will never work for us. And so Paul says that there is another law here in operation which is called the law of faith. The law of faith says this. No matter how badly you have sinned and what your background is, if you will believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will be saved, forgiven of your sins and justified before God. Can you say amen? That is the law of faith. Everyone who believes will be saved. Will be, not maybe, will be saved. And Paul talks about this law even in Romans chapter 8 verse 2. Wherein he says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. So there's a law in operation when you have come into Christ. It's the law of faith that connects you to life and peace in Christ Jesus. And it sets us free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is this. Because of Adam, all men are born in sin. And no matter how much we try by our own good works, we will never come out of this law, this prison of sin and death, unless we believe in Jesus. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. So faith is a law. It's a spiritual law. So if you want spiritual results, you have to apply spiritual solutions. 
Many of you are going through depression. Many of you are going through doubt. Many of you are going through a dry season. Many of you are going through sickness. And you're looking for a spiritual answer from God. Can you say amen? Yes or no? Well, you have to come according to His way. Not your way. Not your own desires. You have to come according to His laws. Faith is a law. And God's laws are greater than physical laws. You must understand that. Throughout the Bible, you can see that God suspends physical laws because of spiritual laws that are applied. Elisha, in 2 Kings chapter 6, when the sons of the prophet loses his axe in the water, the law of gravity says that because the axe head is heavy, it will fall to the ground. It will not float on the water. It will fall to the ground. That's the law of nature. But God spoke to Elijah and Elijah threw a piece of stick into the river because it was led by the Holy Spirit and the axe head floated. The law of faith superseded the physical law. There's a physical law in operation called time. That means time cannot go backwards. Time always goes forward. You cannot turn the revolution of the earth backwards. You cannot make the sun go backwards. But in Joshua, God speaks to him and tells him, speak to the sun and the moons to be still. So Joshua, by faith, because of what God said, spoke to the sun and the moon to be still, and time stood still. The physical law was superseded by the law of faith. Isaiah did the same. When the sun went backwards, and all these glitches in time have been also proven by signs, because there are certain periods in time which are not accountable for scientifically. Peter walked on water. Well, the law of nature says that no one of us can walk on water. We will sink, right? And if you can't swim, you will drown. But Jesus said to Peter, come. Because Peter said, Lord, if it is you, bid me come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And Peter acted on Jesus' word and he walked on water. The law of nature was suspended by the law of faith. Hallelujah. We must learn to work the law of faith. Because God's law of faith will work all the time. Any place, for any person. It's not only for pastors, not only for prayer warriors, not only for great men and women of God. That is a false idea in the minds of many in Nagaland, thinking that only through the prophet, only through the pastor God works. No, the law of faith will work for anyone, any place, anytime. God's law of faith will work for you to receive any promise of God in the scripture. Salvation, forgiveness, righteousness, 
healing, deliverance, provision. Any promise that is there in the Word can be accessed if you will learn to operate the law of faith. It's a law, which means what? If you will come according to the law, it is predictable, which means you will get the outcome. You will receive exactly according to the word of God. Faith is a law. Faith is not an emotion. Faith is not just an experience that a few have. Faith is a law. Turn to your neighbor and say, faith is a law. And it will work for anyone who will apply it. Anyone. Hallelujah. See, many of you think that just because I volunteer, God will do some things for me. Let me just prick that balloon in your head and heart. God is not going to do for things for you just because you volunteer. Because if you are the one who God does things for because you volunteer, God should do more for me. Because I'm a full-time pastor. Right? You see, all of these thoughts and feelings and spiritual ideas that we have, that is not according to the Word of God. And because you don't know the truth, you get disappointed. When your life is not flowing according to how you expect because you thought that it will just happen automatically and it doesn't happen automatically. God is a respecter of His Word. He will come to you according to His Word. So you better go to God according to His Word. Not your feelings, not your thoughts, not your ideas, not opinions of men, not some spiritual sayings or quotes that we find on Instagram and Facebook. You must come to Him according to His Word. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. I hope you brought your Bibles. Because without your Bible, you cannot get faith. And many of you want faith, but you don't respect your Bible. <laughs> Hebrews 11 verse 6, let's look here. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So every time you come to God, you must come. You must, you must, you must, you must, you must come by faith. And the Bible says, if you come by faith, He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. That means He will reward you. That verse is a law. Is a law. Even as the law says that ST, scheduled tribe, have certain quota in the, the Indian constitution, in schools and in, and in colleges and in the government, even so, the law of God says that if you come to God, you must believe. That means if you come to God with faith based on His Word, He cannot reject you. He cannot disqualify you. Because God honors His own Word.
Amen. Do you know that His Word is His law? We're not only talking about the law of the Old Testament. I'm talking about the law of God. The word law is applied in so many different contexts in Scripture. So just because we are under grace, don't think the laws of God don't work. There are different laws that are still working. There's something called the law of love. The royal law. Walk in love. Love is a law. Forgiveness is a law. Faith is a law. Spiritual laws. Amen. Hallelujah. So let me give you certain characteristics of the law of faith. Number one, the law of faith says that faith must be based only on the word of God or only on what God says. It is through the word of God or what he says to you by his Holy Spirit in your relationship with him. Faith must be based only on what God has said. Not emotions, not feelings. Amikan laga biswastu is so laga kotha awas tehe khara kuriwa pare. Nijo laga bhapna din hoi. Nijo laga feelings be iku faith nohobo. That's the law of faith. So if you want to come to God by your faith, you have to first come to what He said. Numbers chapter 23 verse 19. Take a look at this verse. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, shall he not make it good? God is not a man that he should lie. In other words, if he has said something, he will surely do it. In fact, another scripture, Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 25 says, I am Yahweh, I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. I am Yahweh, I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. Amen. 1 John chapter 5, 14 and 15 says this. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. This is the confidence that we have in Him. If we ask anything, everyone say anything, according to His will, He hears us. How do you know God hears you when you pray? You come to a prayer meeting, you pray, ah, I really felt God heard me. Well, you go back home after half an hour and you're not sure anymore that He heard you, right? How many of you have experienced that? I, uh, I thought in church He heard me. Now at home, after my mother shouted at me and all my feelings left, I feel empty inside. I don't feel like God has heard me. Well, because you are depending on your feelings to determine whether God heard you or not. Your feelings are not dependable. Your emotions are undependable. How do I know God heard me when I prayed according to His will? Simple. This verse. 
This verse. If I ask anything according to his will, he hears us. That's it. This is law. Everyone said this is law. This is his law. I, in the newspaper, I did not know that it's a law passed in heaven. Well, in heaven, there's the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They sit down in an assembly of the Trinity and they said, whatever God says, He will do. Which means His word is His law. Can you say amen? His word is His law. His word is His law. See, not like men, Prime Minister will say this, Chief Minister will say that, but only when they sit as an assembly and a parliament, they pass laws. It takes time. But for God, His word is His law. And God said, if you ask anything according to my will, when you're praying, you will receive it. You will. He hears us. Can you say amen? If you ask anything according to His will, He hears us. So how do I know God hears me when I pray according to His will? When I pray for healing, how do I know God hears me? Because something happens in my body? No. This verse. When I pray and ask God for wisdom, how many of you know it's God's will for you to have wisdom? Yes. How do you know God hears you when you pray for wisdom? Because many times you pray and after you pray, blank. Right? After you pray, silence. The silence of God does not mean He doesn't answer. The silence of God does not mean He's silent. It's just that you are expecting Him to speak to you in your ears, whereas He's already spoken in His Word. You're expecting some flash of light in front of you, whereas He's already said in His Word, His law. Honor His law more than some feelings. How do I know? This. I know God has heard me when I prayed for wisdom. I know. Well, Pastor Sean, did you have that wisdom yet? I don't have it. But I know He's heard me. <laughs> I know. How do I know? Because this is a law. It's a law. If you ask anything according to my will, I will hear you. Well, how do I know His will then, Pastor? Read the Word. His Word is His will. Amen. Hallelujah. See, all of us are practicing faith every day. All of us has faith in something. When we go to the bus stop and we are waiting in the bus stop, why do we do that? When we look and see whether the bus is coming, why do we do that? Because you have faith, the bus will come. And when the bus comes in front of you, you don't get shocked. Wow, amazing, miracle. No, you expect the bus to stop in front of you. And you enter into the bus and you sit down expecting that the driver is a good driver. How many of you have entered the bus in Kohima and asked for the driver, hey, can I see your driving license before I sit in the bus? How many of you have done that? How many of you have said, hey, driver, can I see the engine before I sit in the car? Whether the engine is working or not. Have you asked that? No, you just sit in the bus trusting the driver can drive, trusting the 
bus is well maintained. It will not have an accident. You don't even know the name of the driver. How many of you even remember his face? You just enter and sit down and watch your phone till you reach home because of your faith in the bus and the driver. That's faith in the natural. Spiritual faith is not different from that. It's just transmitting the faith that you have in the bus to the Word. Transmitting the trust that you have in the bus to something you cannot see. But something that you know is sure, the Word of God. Can you see God? I cannot. But His Word tells me He's existing. He is real. Have I seen the blood of Jesus? No, I haven't. But the Bible says, the blood has washed me of my sins. So if I can sit in the bus and without anxiety, come all the way from high school to Bear Hill Junction, surely you can put your faith in the blood of Jesus and be at rest. You are forgiven of all your sins. Hallelujah. That's the law of faith. How can I just trust His word? Because He said, I'm not a man that lies. God is not a liar. Turn to your neighbor and say, God cannot lie. Amen. How did Peter walk on water? Because Jesus said, come. He said, come. Jesus released the word, come. It wasn't just Jesus who said, come. It was the creator of the universe that said, come. It was the member of the Godhead, the son of God that said, come. The words of Jesus, the Bible says, are spirit and life. His word is full of power. When he said, come, he walked and he walked on the word. And he floated on the water. Because its faith came from hearing what God spoke. What Jesus spoke. But Peter was also looking at the waves and the wind and the sound and all the noise all around him. And he sank because he took his eyes away from Jesus, from the word. And he began to look at the circumstances. He began to pay attention to his feelings. Like most of us, we are more conscious of our feelings than the word of God. We just saw in the word, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, where he says, if you ask anything according to his will, he hears us, right? Yes, and you ask. And after you ask, you go back home and then you see the symptoms. You see a little pain. You feel a little distant from God and you start doubting. The word. Why? Because you're more conscious of your feelings than the word. There was a pastor who wrote a testimony about flying when he was learning how to fly. And this is what he says. What he was taught. He says, when I was learning to fly with instruments, and this is a truth. Every pilot will tell you this. They say, you must trust the instruments more than your eyes or your feelings when you're flying. Don't trust your eyes. Don't trust your feelings when you are flying. My instructor kept telling me, you cannot believe your feelings 
when you are flying, you have to believe the gauges. The gauges are all the indicators of the height, the speed, the wind, and so on. The instructor told me, whatever these instruments are saying, they are right and your feelings are wrong. Your feelings are wrong. Because your feelings when you're flying can get to a place where you cannot see outside, where there are fog, you're in the clouds, and then you may sometimes have dizziness, you may have vertigo and they go crazy. And when you try to do things according to your feelings, you can crash. Remember the crash of the chief of the army staff in India recently? It was a pilot error. And according to reports that I read, it was almost as if they were influenced by what they saw rather than by the gauges. And they were flying lower than they should be flying. So the instructor told him, you cannot trust your feelings. You just have to keep on looking at the gauges no matter what your feelings tell you. Even so the same with the word of God. You're believing for healing, believing for provision, believing God for something in your life. Trust the word. No matter what your feelings are saying, your circumstances are saying, trust the word. Because if you give in to your feelings, you will crash in a spiritual sense. See, the law of faith says this. Everything you want from God, you will get by faith. It is by grace we are saved through faith. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. It is only through faith that we receive salvation. Can you say Amen? Turn to Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Whatever you want from God, you will receive by faith and faith alone. There was a rich young ruler that came to Jesus and says, What works do I need to do? What are the works I need to do in order to be saved? He asked Jesus. And Jesus says, This is the work of God that you believe. We also think even when it comes to healing, when it comes to deliverance, when it comes to breakthrough, we think, what must I do? Should I pray a little bit more? Should I fast for many days? Should I do some things to earn my healing or my deliverance and my breakthrough? The only condition that we see in the scripture is this. You must believe. You must believe God. Faith has many, many expressions. Sometimes faith will cause you to seek the Lord in prayer and fasting. Sometimes faith will just cause you to believe God and receive it and you receive an immediate healing. But the work of God is this for us tonight. You must believe. This is the work of God that you believe in Jesus. So Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So the gospel is good news and is good news about what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Hallelujah. The gospel is not bad news. The gospel is not about curses. The gospel is not about sickness God wants to give to us. No. The gospel is good news. Can you say amen? Can you say good news? 
Good news that Jesus has saved you. He's forgiven you. He's delivered you. He's made you righteous. Hallelujah. You're healed by the stripes of Jesus. He's destroyed the power of darkness over our lives. Amen. Good news. I'm not ashamed. The gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power. The gospel contains the power of God. It is the power of God for everyone who comes to church. Huh? Everyone who comes to church? No. That means you can come to church and not experience the gospel. Oh, that's food for thought. It's the power of God for everyone who says they're Christian. Huh? No. That means not every Christian will experience God's blessings in their lives. The gospel is the power of God for everyone who has good intentions. No. For everyone who really, really desires from their heart to have breakthroughs and miracles from God. No. The gospel is the power of God. For pastors? No. Volunteers? No. The gospel is the power of God for those who give big tithes and offering in the church. Huh? No. The gospel is the power of God for everyone who, who believes. That's a law. That is a law. What does the law mean? Law means you must come by this law. If you don't come by this law, you know, it's not like Nagaland. You have laws, but you have other laws. And you have many adjusting laws. The government says no more backdoor appointments, but they keep on doing backdoor appointments. See, that's not the law of God. The law of God, God is just and true. You cannot come any other way to God. The gospel is the power of God for everyone who? Everyone who? Believes. The pastor must believe. The volunteer must believe. Everyone must believe. Now the gospel is good news that says in Christ we have been forgiven. We have been saved. Jesus died for our healing. Jesus died for our curses to be removed from our lives. All of that is good news. God wants to give it. Oh, God wants to bless us. But He cannot. Unless we believe. Because if He just wants to bless us even when we don't believe, well, all of us and everyone in the world should be in heaven by now. Yes or no? But God made a law. What's that law? He created us in His likeness and image. That means every human being has the power of choice. The power to choose. Because we are in the image of God. God will not violate that law in us. He will not. That means if you want to go to hell, that means if you don't want to believe in Jesus, no matter how many times you hear the gospel and you turn your back from God, He's not going to force you to come to heaven. He's not going to force you to be saved. Because His law says, you must believe. Out of your own willingness and your own choice, you must come to me and believe. Then you will receive. It's a law. 
which means it's sure. That means if you believe, go back to that verse, in what the gospel says. The gospel is a power of God for everyone who believes. Power of God unto salvation. Romans 1.16, go back there. Power of God unto salvation. The word salvation is the word soteria, which means forgiveness of sins. It means to be rescued, to be delivered. It means to be healed. It means to be delivered from the power of darkness. If you are in depression tonight, you need soteria in your life. If you are sick in your body, you need soteria. Because it's not just to save you, to get you to heaven. It's the all-inclusive salvation of Jesus Christ, which includes salvation not only for your spirit, but also for your material and physical well-being. If you are going to financial debts, you need soteria in your finances. And all of that comes through the gospel, the good news. Hallelujah. How are you going to receive that in your life? The Bible says, believe. Believe. Which means if you surely believe, God has to honor you. God has to respect His law. See, in a perfect country where the guardians of the law respect their law and you abide by the law. I've been in certain countries like that. No country is perfect. But there are certain countries which are better than other countries when it comes to the law. For example, Singapore. Where everyone respects the laws. When you line up, you line up. One line, not ten lines. In Nagaland, you need ten lines for ten people. <laughs> See, simple things like timing. Simple things like throw into the dustbin. That means throw. Everyone respects that. So when you respect the law, the law will respect you according to those laws in those countries. So when you come to the judge of the universe according to his law, will you not receive? Will you not be healed? Yes, you will be. Look at John chapter 8 verse 32. You must come by the laws of God. John 8 verse 32. John chapter 8 verse 32. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. This is the law. Who said this? Jesus said this. If he said it, it is law. This is a law. This is a law that God said. What did God say? You shall know the truth. And if you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. It is sure every time. 100%. If you know the truth, you will be free. It 
It's not based on whether you feel free or you don't feel free. It's based on whether you know the truth. Do you know the truth? Because if you know the truth and you believe it, you shall be. God himself said. That means what? Healing is a law. Did you know that? Healing is a law. He himself took our infirmities and our sicknesses on his body on the cross. And by his stripes, we have been set free. We have been healed. Healing is a law. Because when Jesus Christ died on the cross, God passed a new constitution called grace. A new constitution. And in that constitution, it is said that if you believe in Jesus, you are forgiven of your sins. If you believe in Jesus, you have eternal life. If you believe in Jesus, you become righteous. You are no longer a sinner, but you are righteous. That new constitution says, if you believe in Jesus, you are no longer a sinner, a child of the enemy, Satan, but you are now a child of God. You are a new creation. Hallelujah. You are no longer cursed. You are blessed. Can you say amen? And that constitution also says that if you believe in Jesus, then you are healed by his stripes. That's a law. Now you got to believe it. And after you believe it, you got to keep on believing it. You have to insist on what the law says. If you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. You must come according to His law. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Look at verse 13. Colossians 1.13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Delivered us from the power of darkness. Conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Can you see that? God has has, has, past tense, delivered. It has happened. Us, us believers from the power of darkness. Depression is a power. How many of you have gone through depression? Going through depression. It's like an invisible force that just takes a control of your life, your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts. And even when people say, hey, be positive. And even when people say, hey, good things will come. It's like, you cannot believe what they're saying. It's like your mind cannot just conceive anything beyond just death, sorrow, pain. It's darkness. Depression is not from God. Fear is not from God. Oppression in any form is not from God. The Bible says God has delivered us already, past tense, in Christ, has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. That is a law. 
which means it's already in legislation. It's already in motion. Which means if we will just believe it, this is the truth. I am delivered from depression. I am delivered from fear. I am delivered from every oppression. The law says this. It is true. I cannot accept anything else. Depression, you have no right to be in my place, in my life. Fear, you have no right to be in my heart. The law of God says, I am delivered from the power of darkness. This is the truth. And I will stand on the truth. And I know the truth. And I stand on the truth that I am delivered. Satan, you have no authority in my life. And you insist on the rights that the law gives to you. Then you shall be set free. Whether you feel fear, depression or not, is irrelevant. But the problem with us is, we believe the feelings of depression more than this word. Yeah. Pastor, yeah, I, know, I, I confess, I believe, but, oh, Pastor, I don't understand why I still feel, why I still feel, why I still feel. That's a problem. You believe your feelings more than what the law of God says. How many of you feel Indian? Can I see your hands? Huh? How many of you feel Indian? None of you feel Indian, but you are Indian. Yes or no? Are you Indian or not? Whether you chose it or not, you are Indian. Because your passports, your other cards say so. But pastor, I don't feel Indian. Doesn't matter. Right? When you travel by air to Delhi, Mumbai, ah, you feel so, ah, I feel like I'm in a foreign country. Ah, ah, I don't feel like ah, I'm one with these people. I don't feel Indian. Doesn't matter, man. You're Indian. Accept it. You're Indian. Your feelings don't matter at all. That's what I'm saying. Some of you feel more Korean. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how Korean you feel, you will never be. You will never be. <laughs> so just get it out of your head, out of your mind. You will never be. Never, never. You're Indian. So, the same with the word. Don't believe your feelings. Don't trust your feelings. Now, there are certain positive feelings like peace and joy. But you need wisdom to determine what is from God, what's not from God. Majority of times, they're not from God. Peace and joy deep in your spirit is from God. But when it comes to feelings other than what the word of God says, the first one, two years of married life, I didn't feel married. <laughs> it's like, sometimes I just, from my workplace, drive away some other place, and then, oh, I forget I'm married. You see, I have to remind myself that I'm married. In the same way, after you got born again, 
Many times you feel unrighteous. You feel like you're still a sinner. You feel unworthy. You have to remind yourself, wait a minute, the Bible says I'm righteous. The Bible says I'm a child of God. You have to come according to His law. You shall know the truth. Freedom is in truth. So you don't get free by looking for freedom. You get free by looking for truth. Coming to the law. Come to the law. What does the law of God say? You're delivered from the power of darkness. Is alcohol addiction darkness? The Bible says you are delivered. But I, I still feel it. No matter how strong you feel it in your body, you must believe the word of God. You must believe the word of God. Not your own thoughts. You shall know the truth. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Free indeed. That means if God has set you free from the power of darkness, you are set free from depression. You are set free from fear. The Bible says you are free indeed. That means panic attacks have no power over you. You may feel it at times. They may attack you at times. But you got to stand on the word and say, I am free. The feelings come and go. I was talking with a pastor friend the other day. God uses him mightily. Even last week, there was a miracle in his church. A, a lady born deaf and dumb spoke and heard. But then in his own life, he's also fighting his own battles. Wherein... Sickness attacks him from time to time. And he has to stand in the word, speak the word, I am healed. I'm delivered. I minister the word. I preach. God heals people through my life. But in my own personal life, I have to stand in faith for my own healing. For my own provision. For my own state of my heart. I have to stand in faith. The law of faith. You must believe. And you believe the word. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Healing is a law. That means if you stand on the law and you declare I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. That means that law must work. It will work. The outcome is sure. Healing will come in your body. It will manifest because you're standing on the law. The divine legislation of your Savior Jesus Christ. You're standing on it. It's a law. Then you will be free. Because the truth says we are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Or maybe pastor for, for cold, maybe for, for, for sinus, but not for cancer. Right? We think cancer is above the law of God? No. Whatever sickness, it will work. If you operate the laws of faith. So first is this, you must Base your faith on what God has said. 
Secondly, sometimes we must ask. The law of faith says you must ask. It will not happen automatically. You must ask. Matthew 7 verses 7 to 8 says, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who asks receives. Pastor, please ask for me now. So many prayer requests we get. Pastor, please ask for me now. <laughs> the Bible says, everyone who asks. Everyone who asks. Everyone who asks. God's not going to favor you more because I ask. Alright? By the way. God's not going to favor you more because I ask for you. In fact, if you learn to pray for yourself, it's much better for your spiritual life than I pray for you. Amen. The law of faith demands that we must ask. Even when we know God already knows what I need, we must ask. Some things God gives to us even when we don't ask. Abraham did not ask for his multitudes to be like the sand on the seashore, but God just gave it to him. Cornelius did not ask to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but when he believed, he got filled with the Holy Spirit. There are some of you who come for salvation, you get a double blessing. You get saved and you get baptized in the Holy Spirit also. Many times in the revival meetings, rest. But don't say that it happens like that, so I'm not going to ask. No, you must ask. Especially now that you know that you must ask, you must ask. If anyone lacks wisdom, the Bible says, let him ask of God. In James chapter 1. You must ask. You need wisdom? Ask. You need strength? Ask. You need provision? Ask. Hallelujah. And keep on asking at times. I asked for the Holy Spirit to baptize me for a period of about three months. See, I'll tell you one thing. Whenever you read the Bible and you see something as a promise from God, peace, joy, wisdom, blessing, favor, light, glory, grace, ask. Just ask. The moment you see it in the scripture, reading it, just ask the Lord. Lord, let this happen in my life. Amen. The third thing is this. The law of faith demands that sometimes we must command. Not only do you ask, you must command. Mark eleven twenty three. For shortly I say to you, whoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, whatever he says shall be his. Very important. In fact, if you want to learn how to operate the law of faith, Mark eleven twenty three and 24 is your anthem. This is a different use of faith. There are times we ask. There are times we command. When it comes to demons, we don't ask them to leave. We command them to leave. Sickness. We rebuke sickness. Jesus rebuked sickness. At times we rebuke sickness. At times we release the power of the anointing upon them. Depending on what caused the sickness. Sometimes sickness are caused by evil spirits. Sometimes it's just a physical condition. 
Jesus rebuked demons. Jesus rebuked evil spirits, sickness, and he also rebuked the storm. And when he prayed, he asked the Lord. So the law of faith demands that there are times we must command. The 12 disciples and the 50 were given authority over demons. So they also went and they came back with a testimony that, oh Jesus, even the demons flew when we spoke in your name. They fled. God has given us authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. That means you and I have authority in the name of Jesus. Not only pastor, every believer has authority. That's not a law of faith. Every believer has authority. You can command demons to flee. You can cast out demons. You don't need a prayer group to come and cast out demons from your house. You can do it yourself. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. We must command. The fourth thing is this. The law of faith says, you will have what you say. You will have what you say. So what you say is very important because you will eat your words. <laughs> it's true. Mark 11, 23, 24. Assuredly I say to you, whoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. He shall have whatever he says. Speak to your mountains. What's a mountain? Mountain is any hindrance, any problem in your life that is hindering God's will. Oh, that is not God's will. Sickness is not God's will. It's a mountain. Death is a mountain. Fear is a mountain. Depression is a mountain. Speak to it. Command it to be removed from your life and be cast into the sea. That's what Jesus said. Speak to your mountain. He didn't say pray to your mountain. No, you pray to God. But you speak to the mountain, which means the law of faith commands that you must command, you must rebuke. And that's why for many believers, your faith doesn't work. Why? Because you are so timid in speaking what you believe. Even to say hallelujah is so difficult for so many. Even to say thank you Jesus, we have to force you every Sunday. And you go back home, you are like a pussycat again. You don't say thank you. You don't say hallelujah. You don't say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How can you walk by faith? I've always seen the man who's strong in faith is a man who has a big mouth. Not arrogant. Not boastful. Not talkative. But when it comes to what they believe, they are big in their mouth. That means you cannot keep silent. Faith cannot keep silent. Hallelujah. Faith has a shout to it. And when you see believers having a shout to their belief, you can be sure that these people have faith. But when believers are unsure of, with, uh, uh, should I shout? Should I not? I don't know. Should I? Hallelujah. 
usually those believers, you see that they have no assurance of faith. They don't have conviction for anything. They only do what they are told to do. It's not faith from inside. So maybe they've gone to some church where they said, Hey, hallelujah, no go there. Had no tag with Chop, chop, tag with Oh, then they just follow. Without seeing the scriptures. Jesus says, if you believe, you must speak. Speak to the mountains. Be removed. Nothing polite about that. Please be removed. <laughs> no. Be removed. Get out from here. Be cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart. He shall have whatever he says. The law of faith says this. You will have what you say. You will have what you say. That means your words are powerful. Your words are the seeds of your life. Your words. Many people are speaking sickness where they want a harvest of healing. You cannot. You will not. Many people speak lack all the time. I don't have, I don't have. I'll be poor. My father was poor. My grandmother was poor. We're always poor. We'll always be poor. And you want the harvest of prosperity in your life. Blessings. How can you? You will have what you say. Most of the time you're saying, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. But you want to. You want to can, but you always say, I can't. <laughs> you will have what you say. The 10 spies said, we cannot take the land. There are giants in the land. Two spies says, we can. Guess what happened? The 10 did not enter, but those two entered in. Because they said, we can. The 10 said, we cannot. You will have what you say. Many people speak weakness, but they want strength in their life. You want strength? Speak strength. Not your strength, the strength of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Lord is the strength of my life. You want to sleep well? Don't speak insomnia. Oh, I have insomnia. Always, pastor. I can't sleep. Speak the word. God gives sleep to his beloved. Let not my heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The peace of God is in my heart. God loves me. I'm the beloved of God. I will sleep tonight. Sleep is the will of God. You will have what you say. That's the law of faith. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Hallelujah. Verse 24, and we'll close here. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and they shall be yours. Another law of faith says this. Whatever you ask when you pray, believe you receive it right there. 
Even before you have it, even before it comes into your life, believe you receive it. That means believe you get invisibly first before it becomes visible in your life. You pray for healing, believe that you got it the moment hands were laid on you, even before any change happens in your body. You believe for provision, believe you receive your finances even before any change has happened in your bank account. The law of faith says you must believe you receive before you have it. But pastor, how can I do that? Because I can't see it. Exactly. You want to see. Whereas God is giving from the Spirit the realm where you cannot see. And even though you cannot see, it is sure. It is 100%. The promises of God. Remember that time when Daniel prayed and asked God for wisdom concerning the things about Jerusalem? He was praying and fasting for 21 days and an angel came with word from God. And the angel said, from the first day you fasted, God sent me. That means God answered from the first day. But the prince of Persia, an evil spirit over Persia, was hindering the angel. And so the angel was fighting with the prince of Persia and came to Daniel after three weeks. So Daniel got the answer after three weeks. But God answered on the first day. Did you get it? God answered the moment David Daniel prayed, God answered. So how can I believe I receive the moment I pray? Exactly like this. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believe that you receive and you have it. If you ask anything according to the will of God, He hears you. That means the moment you pray tonight, you have it. You have received it. And how do you express your faith? You give thanks to God. Thank you, Lord. Even if you don't see it. Because your thanksgiving is the action that is corresponding to your faith. That's the last law I want to bring you to. Your faith must have corresponding action. If you believe you have been healed even before your healing manifests, what do you do when you get something from someone? You give thanks. Hallelujah. You give thanks. So you believe you receive healing, what do you do? You give thanks. Thank you, Father, I'm healed. Thank you, Father, I'm healed. Thanksgiving. It's one of the best expressions of faith. Thank you, Father, that you are with me right now. That's faith. Praying this way, Lord, please be with me. That's not faith. How many of you have prayed that prayer? I'm going from Dimapur to Kohima. Lord, please be with me. Anyone pray that prayer? Let's pray that God will be with us on this journey. Anyone pray that prayer? That's not a prayer of faith. You know why? Because you did not come according to the law. The law of God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. God is always with us. Amen. But we are praying, Lord, be with me. It's like we go to the office and says, please make me schedule tribe. Are you already scheduled tribe? Please make me scheduled tribe. You already scheduled tribe. 
No, no hobo. Please make me shadow tribe. You're already shadow tribe, right? So even the, the, the law cannot help you. I mean, huh? how can I help you? You're already shadow tribe, right? So the problem is not with the law. The problem is with your believing. In the same way with God. God said, I'm with you. Lord, be with me. I'm with you. Lord, be with me. I'm with you. Lord, be with me. So the problem is not whether God's with you or not. The problem is you're believing. You're believing. So how do I express my faith? Just stand on the word. Lord, your word says you will never leave me. You will never forsake me. So Father, I thank you right now that you are with me. I thank you that you are with me. I thank you. Your word says, I'm blessed, so I am blessed. Father, I thank you. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. So your action must correspond to your faith. Don't say, I believe the word. Lord, where are you? Please be with me. Don't say, I believe the word. The word says, I'm healed. Glory to God. I'm sick. Ah, oh, I sick. Oh, every year, two times, they be married again. You're always speaking sickness, but you are saying you believe in the word. So your action does not correspond to your faith. Your action must correspond to what you believe in the Word. Amen. If Naaman did not go and dip in the Jordan seven times, he would not be healed. Elisha said, go and dip in the Jordan seven times. Was the Word given? Yes. The word of God through the prophet to Naaman. So faith is believing the word. But once you believe the word, you have to act on the word. So Naaman went to the Jordan and dipped seven times. And he came out brand new skin. If he did not act on the word, he would have died a leper. The woman with the issue of blood, 12 years bleeding, because she believed, she came through the crowd, pushing people and touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And then the power of God went into her body and she got healed. The moment she heard about Jesus, she believed. But she would still be sick if she hadn't acted on what she believed. Faith demands action. The law of faith demands that if you believe, you must act according to your belief. Jesus told the ten lepers, go and show yourself to the priests. They were still sick. Leprosy. But Jesus said, go and show yourselves. So they have to walk by faith even when they were sick. And as they were going, the Bible says they got healed. They did not get healed when Jesus spoke. Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priest. Nothing would have happened. They believed the word of Jesus and they went to the priest. As they were going, they, they discovered they were healed. Jesus told Peter, Cast your net on the right side in the deep. Jesus said, Peter believed, he acted on it, and the God 
two boatloads of fish. You must act. When we were starting the construction of this church, God said to us, not only from the word, through prophets, go ahead, I will provide. So he said, go ahead, which means, I will provide. Oh, how I wish he provided before we started. Right? Ten crores just come, then we start. No, he says, go ahead, I will provide. So as we went, he provided. Your action must correspond to your faith. When I knew that I was called into ministry and I knew that one day the Lord spoke to me, I would stand before thousands and I would preach the word of God. I believed it. And because I believed it, I began to bring actions that corresponded to my faith. What did I do? I began to study. Even before any invitation came for preaching, I began to study the Word of God. I began to buy books even before I got any invitation. Books on theology. Books on how to study the Bible. I began to take down sermons and notes and compile it and keep it for myself because I thought, one day I'm going to preach this. So when I go to conferences and I hear illustrations from preachers, I, I take it down. When I hear jokes, I take it down. Because I'm like, I'm going to preach the same. Actions that correspond to my belief. I know that many of you feel that you are called to ministry, but you have not brought any actions. And when I was being prepared, God opened the door. Okay, I see that you're making some effort. All right, speak to these 10 people. So I go and speak to the 10. All right, go speak to this 20. Speak to the 20. Go speak to the 30. Speak to the 30. Speak to the hundreds. God built it. In the beginning of the year, God spoke to me. This year, revival meetings. I want you to first. So start praying. Even before any invitations came, I started praying for revival. Praying, 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 praying. Then slowly, the invitations started coming. From people I have never met before in my life. If you believe, act according to your faith. That's the law of faith. Many of you are feeling a place where you're confused, discouraged. And it's not because you're inferior in your faith. It's not because you have done something wrong? No, it's not because you are in the wrong place. No, it's just your feelings. You have to overcome what your mind is telling you, your heart is telling you, your feelings are telling you. You have to overcome that. You have to come to a place where you don't care at all what you feel. I'm telling you the truth. You get up in the morning and say, feelings, follow me. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like going to church. Shut up and just follow me. You have to tell your feelings that. Every Sunday, I don't want to come and preach. I say, just shut up and follow. See, somehow I've come to a place where I'm not conscious of my feelings anymore. 
like I've already decided whether I feel bad or feel good, it's not going to affect me. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go and do it. I'm just going to follow God. So now it's faith. Faith on what God has said. That's it. My feelings are not in the equation anymore. Do I not get challenged by them? Yes, I still do get challenged by them. Thoughts. See, if that's the case, then when people talk about going through dry seasons, tough seasons, I mean, yeah, I had those seasons in the past when I didn't understand, but now it's like, what season? Dry season? Silent season, tough season? Hey, don't be so conscious of those seasons. Just follow God, that's it. Trust in the word. Believe God every day. And it's all based on his word. And I tell you, that's where your strength, your joy, your peace, your security, it comes from that place of faith. Operate the law of faith daily. And you will access all the promises, the power, the presence, and the peace of God for your life. It's a law. It works 100% every time. It is predictable. It is absolute. It is sure. It is guaranteed. You shall know the truth. The truth shall set you free. Now, Mr. Knight, if you come by the word and say, I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior, you will 100% receive salvation. No doubt, you will be saved. If you come by faith asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you will receive. You come by faith asking for healing tonight. By His stripes, I'm healed. So I ask for healing. Believers shall lay hands on the sick. The moment we lay hands upon you, you will receive by faith your healing. You will be healed. It's a law. Laws work whether your feelings are involved or not. Your emotions are involved or not. Your passion is involved or not. God's word is his law. He's not a man that will lie. Just bow our heads and close our eyes. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9 8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com. 
and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.